Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to MagnaWave Wellness TV. We're glad to have you join us today, and we're looking forward to participating with you today. My guests today are Teresa Gagnon and Jody Clark from Mending Fences Equine Wellness. And uh, they have a practice for horses, dogs, and people. They've got a trademark modality of body work that they call facilitated movement that I'm sure we can talk about and hear some about today that they teach for horses and dogs. Uh, mending fencing animal wellness, excuse me, I said equine well, wellness, mending fencing animal, mending fences, wow, what a day. <laughs> animal <laughs> wellness combines that with new wave and standard process nutritional supplements to give the body everything it needs to heal. They also have cold laser and therapeutic ultrasound, but they say MagnaWave is the go-to tool. Good afternoon, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Nice to be here. Yeah, great. We're glad you're here. Uh, we've been associates now for several years, and I've always enjoyed uh talking with you and sharing thoughts with you and when we have people that have questions about particular modalities or particular treatments that they're doing and how they're using their MagnaWave or how to approach specific uh, indications, your answers are always right there and right on target and it's, it's, it's very exciting to have that type of interaction and that type of participation with us. So why don't you just take a moment here ladies and tell us a little bit about yourselves, your background, how you came to be involved with the animal wellness aspect and just a little bit about yourselves and your business. Well I probably started um, back in the early 80s um, I was fortunate enough to live in Massachusetts where um, Jack Marr was and I got to follow Jack Marr around who was the the inventor of sports massage um, for people and then he brought that modality to horses so he let people there were no schools for animal massage at that time um, but I got to follow him around and see what he did so I took that to my own horses because I was doing a lot of showing and breeding and training at that time and then started incorporating that into what we were doing with training um, I later became a veterinary technician um, and then started to bring so my anatomy knowledge back to massage and, and back and forth. Um, and then I was asked at some point to be the director of animal programs at the Bancroft School of Massage in Worcester, Massachusetts, and developed an entire canine and equine massage program for them. Um, I then went back to my vet tech roots and brought a uh, massage course back to um, vet techs and incorporated that into um, as a an elective. an elective course that vet techs could take in uh, in their college courses um, along the way um, Jody was one of my students and we kind of teamed up together and started doing massage for horses and dogs um, we met up with a team of husband and wife chiropractors and they introduced us to MagnaWave and everything kind of snowballed from there, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so, <laughs> so we uh, now provide massage, body work, MagnaWave, um, cold laser, 
Um, we have some other modalities that we picked up along the way, but um, they just have not turned out to be very practical for animals. Um, so MagnaWave and Massage are really our go-to modalities. Um, and then we add in the standard process supplements because there's always some um, nutritional component to what's going on with the body. Excellent. So you started How's that in a nutshell. <laughs> that's 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 great. Perfect. Thank you very much. So you started uh, on the East Coast and then you went to Denver. What what brought the move to the the western or towards the western part of the United States into the mix and how's that worked out? Well, we came out here. Um, we started looking for property in New England, which is very hard to come by, very expensive, because we have um, our own horses, and we really wanted them to be um, out on pasture and so forth, and it's just hard to come by property there. So at that point, there weren't a lot of ties keeping us to New England, so we started looking around the country at um, horse populations per capita, and we ended up here in the Denver area. And since we moved here, we're working almost exclusively with dogs. Yep. <laughs> so that's how bands go. <laughs> Interesting. So you, you've certainly started with horses, and you have horses, and you treat your horses, and your practice has kind of gone uh, to where you're working with dogs. Uh, tell me, because that's a question a lot of people have as they approach the MagnaWave device or the approach therapy to get into the area of small animals. Uh, obviously, you're doing that and you've moved in that direction. Can you tell us a little bit how that transition occurred and how you tie your equine knowledge into the small animals? Well, when I was working with the Bancroft School of Massage, I started attending agility events back in New England and was working with dogs back there doing um, massage and body work. But that was long before we had uh, MagnaWave or laser or any of the other modalities. So it wasn't that big of a stretch to, to do that here. It was just incorporating the MagnaWave into the small animal world. And, and and how is that? I did hydrotherapy. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Perfect. I did hydrotherapy for a year back east, um, working under uh, veterinary um, rehab practice. rehab practice. Um, so I already had the dog background, canine background. So you know the the horses were new to to me to do work on but um, just coming out here we found a lot more dogs in need um, horses are there's a lot of people already working on horses out here so it's just uh, we kind of went back to the canine aspect of it there's a, a lots of agility out here very dog friendly state that's that's it's a good question. The agility standpoint of it. How was it to show these people what type of results did you see initially when you went to let's say the agility dogs to go to them? What were you looking for, or what kind of indications were they experiencing? Well, there's there's the whole gamut. There's um, you know these dogs are athletes and they're they're training usually twice a week and then competing on weekends. Um, so there's everything from just general muscle soreness to sports-related injuries. So you've got um, 
you know, just just your your just like any other athlete, you know, just ouchies and um, in muscles, or you've got um, pulled shoulders, um, sore backs, or um, full out ACL tears. So there's a whole gamut of things that we're working with. And most people have more than one dog, so they might have a young dog that they're bringing along, and then they have their seasoned agility dog that may be in the geriatric category. So you've got disc issues and hips and just general pain management. So to the folks that are with us today online, uh, joining this uh, TV broadcast, can you, if you have any questions, simply post them in the chat box and we will get to those questions appropriately and, and as fast as we can to uh, get you the answers that you're looking for. When you talk about uh, treating dogs, can you give us maybe a couple of examples of an indication that you've experienced, how you approached it and what your results were? Well, we start by just talking to people. A lot of times people don't even realize that their dogs are a little sore, are muscle sore. Mm -hmm. So we'll do an overall eval and just show them the dog's reaction to where we're palpating and that their dog is sore. And then um, a lot of times if it's just muscle soreness, we can resolve that easily with massage. Um, but there, we have a lot of clients that are really serious about keeping their dogs at peak performance. So then we'll combine massage with MagnaWave for a, for a full treatment. I see. And and what's the what's the worst indication that you dealt with, or the most challenging situation that you had that you had to approach with your modalities? Um, it's not an agility dog. It was a, a 10 week old um, Italian greyhound puppy. Um, she had a severe head injury, which was, it was a freak thing. Um, the woman also had a lab who was chewing on a rawhide bone and the puppy ran by and the lab turned around and just clocked her in the top of the head with the rawhide bone. So she had this just immediately knocked out, um, unconscious, uh, they rushed her to veterinary emergency. Um, she was there for the weekend, and she was pretty much unresponsive. Um, she was her eyes were fixed and dilated. She was just paddling and screaming. And at the end of two days, the vets told her to come get it. There was nothing else they could do, and they recommended euthanasia. So we actually had an appointment with this woman to work on her horses. Um, the following the morning she was going to pick the dog up and she said, oh, I, I have to cancel the appointment. We can't do this, you know, and told us about what was going on with the dog. And Jody said, oh, no, we need to see this dog immediately. So we got there and I wasn't terribly hopeful, you know, you know, you got this um, recommendation for euthanasia from the veterinary uh, community and you know, what are we going to do? So we did um, some craniosacral work because her atlas was just jammed into the back of her occiput. Mm -hmm. um, we did craniosacral work, released that, and then we used MagnaWave. And we kept it because of the severity of the head injury. Um, we kept it on the lowest setting and, and moved it probably away. four inches away from her head and didn't even touch her with it. And she stopped howling, um, she stopped paddling, and it was the first time she had slept 
in two days. And how long? So did we went back two days later. Excuse me. Go ahead. Thank you. I was going to say how long when you first treated her, and it's very interesting, using it as on a very low signal, which would be very fast clicking, and having it about four inches above the head, mm -hmm. whereas if you put that on a person's shoulder, for example, they would feel nothing, hear nothing, but you had it four inches above the head on, the, on a very low setting. How long did it take before the dog began to react? It was pretty much immediate. Wow. I have to say that the, the initial thing was that releasing, when Teresa did the cranial sacral therapy, she released a tremendous amount of pressure on that dog because her, her atlas was just jammed. So she, when she released that, that was the initial ah moment for this puppy. And then the MagnaWave, she just, she had a full bubble of inflammation on her head. Oh, so that was when we brought the MagnaWave in to just try to get that inflammation down, try to get some pain management and expedite that whole healing process. So the, the whole treatment was maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. And we went back Incredible. every... Go ahead, you did what? <laughs> we went back every three days for probably a total of four treatments. And by the second treatment, we went back two days later. Um, her eyes were now, her pupils were now normal. She was tracking the, the other dogs. Um, and, and she has amazing owners who were sleeping on the floor with her and keeping her moving and, and getting her upright and you know doing all the right things for her. Um, so we did the same treatment two days later. Yeah. Um, we went back three days later the next time and now she was able to get herself sternal so she could get up on her chest and maintain her position. We went back another three days later and now she was able to, to stand. She was pretty wobbly so we set them up with a, a harness and towel walking and they started doing therapy. So that was a total of four treatments for this puppy over the course of a week and a half mm -hmm. and now the only thing when she gets tired she has a slight head tilt and a little bit of right front deficit but other than that she's a, a normal puppy. So that was four treatments over about a week and a half that's a fantastic result. You may have heard on a previous broadcast where I told you told the audience about this racehorse or this foal that was born and flipped over uh, inadvertently in the in the paddock the day it was right after it was born and stood up and it had a it hit its head and uh, they called us and I was the only one around at the time and I drove to Lexi and treated this horse and within I did about the same thing you did I was on an incre incredibly low setting although I did rest the coil on the horse's head uh, but he was just she was just staring into space blindly basically not moving her eyes and within three minutes uh, her eyes were moving, she was trying to move her head, and within, oh, I'd say, two weeks, she was up and totally recovered. And the veterinarian had said the same thing, the horse will probably not survive the night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
it's incredible when we hear these types of stories. Can you give us maybe another story or, or indication that you've approached different uh, type of in indication or injury to the animal that you've uh, used your therapies on? And let me ask the folks in the audience, uh, again, if you have a question, please post it. We have a couple of very educated, very well-trained folks on the line who could certainly provide the answers you're looking for. So again, uh, another uh, story perhaps? Um, I was teaching my um, facilitated movement course to a bunch of students um, for dogs at um, Eddie's Wheels in Western Massachusetts. Eddie's Wheels manufactures wheelchair carts for dogs, dogs, llamas, he's done them for rabbits, um, ferrets. ferrets, all kinds of things. He's an amazing, amazing person. Um, he has a whole machine shop in his basement and every cart is specifically manufactured two measurements for each dog. So we were working on dogs and these people came in with a Great Dane that had um, degenerative myelopathy. If you're not familiar with that, it's kind of like MS in people. The dogs start to lose their hind end. Um, the myelin sheath start to wear away on the nerves so they lose the signals um, to their muscles. So they towel walk this dog in because he had completely lost his hind end to have his um, fitting for his, for his wheelchair cart and we treated him with MagnaWave massage and MagnaWave so we had the students work on him with their massage and, and then we treated him with MagnaWave he got his cart fitting um, walked around in his cart and they took him they were gonna leave and they they walked him back out to the car, they took him out of his cart and he walked back into the building up a stair, up a stair to come back and get another MagnaWave treatment. <laughs> he wanted to have, he was looking to have that second treatment I guess. Yeah, and he, he previously could not walk. They had to towel walk this dog in. So. That's incredible to hear. So it, it's just, it wows us all the time. Can you tell me? Uh, about the chicken. Yeah. Oh yes, the chicken. Tell us. Tell us. Tess, tell us about the chicken. <laughs> we are the chicken therapists. Yes. We we get the cases that no one else will take. Um, so a friend of ours called and she said she had this chicken and it would go down to the ground to peck, and then it couldn't get its head back up. And could we treat the chicken? <laughs> sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> so we magnawaved the chicken. And it didn't happen right away. It was within a couple of hours. So apparently there was some inflammatory process going on in her neck. Um, and she was, after the magnawave treatment, she was fine. And she was, uh, she was good for about a year. A year. We yep. kept in touch with the person after the magnawave treatment. So, so after a year, it started to revert back again? Or what happened there? Yes. Yes. It started to revert back again after a year, yeah. We did treat her again at that time, and it was the same results. She was good. We've since lost touch and moved cross country, so I don't know that we would fly back to treat the chicken. But um, <laughs> but she was good again. 
You, you know, never know. We might. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's part of the thing. When, you, when you're dealing with the nerve, as, as we always say, it's much more difficult to get rid of the inflammation in the nerve and get things to calm down, but it's also slower to return it, it, if it's depending on what's causing the indication. And so you have that to where something will last a week or it'll last a month or it'll last a year in this case. So that's always exciting to have that type of thing. We do have a question uh, from Rick and he asks, what percentage of your business uh, is people related? It's probably, in the agility world, it's probably 50%. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the people that run agility, uh, we call them the walking wounded because they're always being taken out at the knees by a dog or they're, they're paying so much attention to their dog they'll trip in a hole or um, you know fall over a jump or something. So we treat probably call it couples massage. So we probably treat an equal number of people that we do dogs. And it, that's another interesting situation because when I started the MagnaWave business, I got, I've always say I got horses by treating the riders, help the rider feel better. They would understand exactly. what we're going to do and then let us treat their horses. And the agility world is a very interesting area. And, and I, didn't, I never thought about the aspect of the trainers stumbling or not paying attention to where they're running. I have that problem all the time. I run into walls. You know, I can't chew gum and walk at the same time. But <laughs> so I treat myself all the time. But <laughs> so that's interesting, though, to approach the agility dogs from uh, that type of uh, situation. What other uh, performance area of dogs have you worked with? Sheep dogs. We yeah. we do um, herding dogs, sheep dogs. Okay. We have um, you know, out here. It's cattle country, so there's border collies and cattle dogs everywhere. Ranch dogs. So we have a large mm -hmm. um, customer base that do sheep herding with their dogs. We actually work the uh, national sheep dog trial in Carbondale, Colorado. Um, this past September. And, and so you get, they, those dogs had the same issues. They tire, they stretch, or they have uh, hip issues back, and, they, and, and, and certainly the herders count on them to perform or to do their job for them. Exactly, exactly. And there's the, the added thing where they could get um, butted or knocked around by a sheep, or, and some of them are, are herding cattle. So they could get kicked or um, yeah. run over by a cow, too. You know, another thing that we've had a, just recently had a surge in uh, activity is uh, show cattle and show pigs. Um, I never thought about treating a pig, but show, they do have show pigs, and uh, they certainly uh, uh, experience stress. Uh, and s stiffness as a result of the stress and what they're doing and uh, we've had some very good results uh, there with those types of performance animals. Have you done anything with cattle at this point? Yes, yep. We worked on a calf that had gotten hung up in a barbed wire fence. Um, we only treated him once and I, they didn't really follow up with that with us but from what we heard uh, through the grapevine, it was doing doing well. We had hoped to work on him at least another one or two times just to make sure everything was good. But they said he was he was up and around the next day and walking around the pen. So um, 
they didn't think we needed to treat him again. That's great, and as we know, that's, but we've worked on. Go ahead. That's perfect. I was going to say we've worked on llamas and sheep and goats. Um, we haven't magnawaved a pig. I yet. have not. I have massaged. We have a massaged pig. pigs, but not magnawaved. <laughs> it was before magnawave for me that I was massaging potbelly pigs, and they love it. So. <laughs> so that brings me to a question: How you integrate uh, the magnawave with your massage practice, and how you also integrate with the use of a cold laser? I very much believe in the complementary effects of various therapies and how they can work very well together to get the result that we're looking for. But in, with regard to the massage, how uh, I know that people, if I may, have come to me in the past who were massage therapists and have said, the MagnaWave basically keeps my hands. I'm losing my hands because of the pressure and the strength that I need to adequately do the equine massage perhaps and this gives me the ability to to do it and continue to use my hands to diag to not diagnose but to tell where the issues are in the horses and and so forth. Can you address that a little bit? We kind of do it the other way. Um, we generally do massage first okay. and if it's a long-standing problem um, and we can't release it through massage then we add in the MagnaWave. I see so you use it as a as a complementary therapy to help what's going on do you ever use it to relax maybe first before you do a massage from that perspective? We had one horse that we worked with who insisted on either laser or MagnaWave prior to massage because um, he would then get that endorphin release. Um, he was just, you know, one of those horses that didn't like to be touched and didn't like to be brushed. Um, and if we either MagnaWaved or lasered him first, then he would get enough of an endorphin release that we could do deep tissue massage on him. So that, that works out very well from that perspective. Folks in the uh, attending with us today, yeah. if you have questions, please uh, post them in the uh, chat box and uh, uh, the ladies would be very happy to answer them and give you the, the thoughts from their perspective and they have a, they cover a wide array of nutritional areas with their, with their animal practice as well as, as, well as the various uh, modalities that they talk about, the MagnaWave, the laser, and certainly the massage and, and how they do that. Can you give me an example of how you used the laser in association with the MagnaWave in, in treatment? Um, well, we have uh, a now six-year-old colt um, that we got. He was a feral two-year-old stallion when we got him. Uh, and he's just one of those horses that is always in trouble. Um, yesterday I caught him in the water tank. Um, you know, he's, he's just one of those problem child. And I came out to feed one day and his patella, his right patella was facing sideways. Ooh. And he had this huge cut across his stifle. I don't know what he had done, whether he had gotten kicked or smashed into a fence or whatever. Um, and we just thought, well, he's going to be a pasture pet or we're going to have to put him down. 
because you know this is not looking good. So we did um, initially MagnaWave on him every three days, laser in between on the open wound, um, and then massaged as as we could get in there as things started healing to loosen up the muscles that were um, affected by this injury that he had done. And honest to God, in three weeks he was back in work. The, the, the speed with which you can accelerate the healing process with these modalities is incredible. You know, we talk all the time about bone healing, speeding it up by a third or a half. Mm -hmm. And in this situation, when you talk about the com combination of the laser to help close the wound and help speed the healing, and then the overall circulation addition of the massage and the MagnaWave, is, it's amazing how effective it can be when you're addressing those types of indications. I have a question here from someone that wants to know, have you used uh, MagnaWave prior to a chiropractic adjustment, and did you feel that it helped? Absolutely. Um, we work, uh, well, back east we worked a lot with chiropractors and veterinarians and they would ask us to come in a lot of times two to three days before they were coming to do their chiropractic adjustment because it made it so much easier for them when the horse was relaxed, when the muscles were looser. So absolutely it helps. And, and I guess I would want to ask also from that perspective, because we have experienced that. I once had a chiropractor in, in, up in the Daytona area of Florida whose husband had a MagnaWave, and he's since passed. So it, it, but at any rate, he would treat the horse for 10 minutes prior to her doing her chiropractic adjustment, and then he would treat the horse for 10 or 15 minutes after to help relieve any additional muscle soreness or anything that was there. So you, you've worked closely with, uh, with other, with doctors and veterinarians. How are the veterinarians when it comes to educating them about the modalities that you use and about MagnaWave and getting them to understand what you can do for them? We treat the veterinarians. <laughs> um, you know, we go right to the source and say, let me give you a demo. What hurts on you? Let's show you what happens. So um, we treated one veterinarian who was about to have knee replacement um, and he got actually kicked in his good knee so then he couldn't have his knee replacement on schedule because the, his other knee was now um, out of whack. We treated both his knees and he went to get up out of the chair and he sat back down and said, oh my god, it doesn't hurt anymore. There, you know. and, and that lasted about six months for him. You know, and that, that's, that, that is the golden nugget here uh, that, that I had not, I thought of, I don't know if I have or not, but I, as I mentioned earlier, and as you've shared, you treat the, the dog owners in agility to get to the agility dogs. Mm -hmm. I treated horse owners in order to get to the horses, and I'd never thought about going to a, a, a veterinarian and saying, what hurts on you? Let me help your back or your knee or whatever it is feel better, and then they'll better understand where we're going with help, how we can help them in their practice. Always very interesting. We have a um, we have an equine vet that we stopped in 
to see here locally and she had a cat that had just been hit by a car and they had pinned his whole hind leg and she showed us the x-rays and I don't know how, they, it, it was just shattered and he had already had two surgeries and it wasn't healing, he wasn't forming any callus so we treated the cat with MagnaWave I think twice and they were going to go do a third surgery and they x-rayed him beforehand and he had formed callus so they didn't have to do the third surgery so we get a lot of recommendations now from her absolutely cats are an interesting situation people talk about horses and dogs very quickly and certainly people but cats I have found absolutely love uh, this type of therapy and they, they really they just go to it to to lay on the coil or whatever is happening and I've got veterinarians that I work with uh, Dr. Marty in, in Connecticut and, and other places who say that you, it's very successful when using it on a cat for various indications that the cat would have. Have, have you done much work with cats as well? Well every time we're in a barn and then there's barn cats and we're working on horses the cats all gather around mm -hmm. So we'll treat them um, incidentally, um, but we have had uh, we had this cat with the broken leg that that formed a callus. Um, I worked on a very senior cat that they were just kind of biding their time. Um, we actually worked with a lot of hospice situations. And this cat was pretty much in that situation. And I said, you know, I can't hurt. And I just put it, I didn't even touch the cat with it. It was just outside on a low setting. And, and she just sat there and purred. And then she was able to get up and use the, the litter box on her own for the first time. Um, I don't think she's around anymore. <laughs> but, but at least the nice thing with a senior dog, senior cat, senior anybody, just to give them that little bit of quality while you can is, you know, you can't put a price on that. No, and when, when it comes to our pets, we'll do about anything that we can do to keep that pet healthy, uh, healed, or promote the healing when we go along. And, and you touched on an interesting thing. The hospice situation, I think, is something that, that's very interesting. But as you, as you approach... Uh, small animals as opposed to the larger horses, one of the questions that often comes up is certainly you're treating a small animal so the intensities are so much different on a small animal than they are on a horse. Whereas, in, in, how, tell me how you've approached that because it, it's, it's, it's questionable. People say, so you, you don't use the same coil or you don't use the same intensity when sometimes you do. You don't, because in certain situations like the head and things like that, you're certainly going to do it differently. But when you're approaching a hip or a knee, can you address how you uh, altered your thoughts about intensities and how you use the intensities of the device? Well, we always, we generally use the butterfly loop almost exclusively. Um, because then we can, you can put it right over the animal, um, or you can double it where you need more intensity. So we always start out at the very lowest intensity. Um, we'll put the butterfly loop, usually start at the neck, um, and then kind of go from there and see where the, when the muscles start um, fasciculating, that's when we back down a little bit. So we'll, we'll increase the intensity 
till we see that fasciculation and then just back it down a hair. Mm -hmm. And it may be different on different parts of the body depending on what's going on in that animal. So you certainly approach it from the standpoint of working to keep the animal comfortable and to put it at a setting that you know you're getting as much energy that you know is comfortable and then by backing it down you're giving them an appropriate amount of energy at the point. That, that brings me to what we're finding in some research uh, as, we, as we're doing mole research working towards the FDA approval uh, with a device that's getting very close but uh, one of the things that we found is that the higher intensities are certainly quicker to relieve pain and to what I call get ahead of the pain or reduce the inflammation and get ahead of the injury, but the lower intensities uh, are more uh, effective for healing. And so we're learning that and we're trying to establish what are the various parameters for those frequencies. And when we have, a, for example, a, an acute uh, uh, athletic injury, to get after it immediately, immediately provides the best result. And as much energy as they can take comfortably reduces the inflammation, reduces the initial pain, and then get about the aspect of healing. How does that fit with where you guys are going? Yeah, that's that's exactly what we find, Pat. Um, you know, on horses you can certainly use a much higher intensity um, they're much more pain tolerant, but small animals, you know, I don't mean to be, say, pain tolerant, but um, just their bodies are more tolerant to the frequencies. Um, small animals, sometimes just being in the vicinity of the machine is enough for them. Ah. So you just have to, to judge by, by the animal. And certainly by what you get with regard to the speed of result. That's certainly, as everyone knows, that's the thing that drew or draws people to this device so quickly is that they can, they can achieve, as you've shared with us in the, some of the stories today, such a dramatic, quick result. Exactly, exactly. And because we work on people also, we get the, the feedback, so we have a better idea then of how to bring that to animals. Very, very good point. And uh, my experience has been uh, men are not as... I treat men and they say, gosh, that feels good. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. And then in effect, you can turn it too high. And then they would say, well, okay, uh, I, I feel better, but I'm also a little sore first. So you don't want to, to approach that. But women, on the other hand, will have an intensity or a tendency to really understand what's going on and what they're feeling and can tell and will will listen when you say, okay, I want to take it to where you're maybe feeling a little bit too much and then back it off. They'll take you there and stop there. Is that what you experience when you're dealing with people? We always say, exactly. We always say more is not better. It's not a contest. You know, we're just going to go until we can see that, that muscle twitch and then that's where we're going to stay. And we can adjust it. You know, sometimes you see the intensity you know, the, the pain is going away as you're working on them, so maybe, you know, you might then you turn it up a little bit more, or, you know. We'll watch, the, so sometimes as the machine is on, the, the muscle fasciculations lower as it's been on two or three minutes, and then we will turn up the intensity a little bit. And then we try to always 
move it around mm -hmm. so that we're stimulating different different parts of the body and and um, activating the cells. Excellent. Can you approach for me or address uh, the length of time? Can you give me some examples as to how long you treat specific indications or just an average indication? And and again, as as Jody pointed out. Uh, more is not always better. It's sometimes if you if three minutes is ample and that's all you need, or five minutes, and, and but in some cases you might do 12 to 15 minutes in an area. Can you approach how you do that in your practice? We generally do 10 to 12 minutes. It personally, I think that people think a three-minute treatment. There's no way they can wrap their brain around that and, and, and justify the cost or paying for a three-minute treatment. Right. So if it, you know, we tend to go like 10 minutes and that seems to be okay from that aspect. Whether or not that's necessary, um, probably not all the time, but they feel better about it and it's not going to hurt them. So it's kind of how we've that's, approached that's it. kind of how we do it. So when we're working with a dog we, or a small animal, we always do a full body treatment. So we start at the neck and then do the shoulders and then the mid, the thorax and, and the lumbar and the hind legs. So regardless of what's going on with the animal, it's always moved all over the body. And that's, that's excellent, and, and we certainly uh, understand the reason for that to improve the overall circulation, uh, not increase the circulation, mm -hmm. improve the overall circulation, improve the overall body mm -hmm. or blood oxygenation, which then allows it to, as over the hours, as the, as the blood is circulating, to continue to treat the areas that may be experiencing a, a problem or an, an illness. And so all of that comes into play. We always talk about to do a full body uh, type of treatment, and certainly on a dog, it's very easy, dog or a cat, very easy to do that. Uh, how do you approach that with people? Well, we always um, tell people that we will put, you know, because they can tell us where it hurts, you know, my shoulder hurts, mm -hmm. but the feedback we get from people is that, oh my God, you've got it on my shoulder, but I can feel that in my knee. Exactly. And we get that quite often. So the machine will target, even though we have it on their shoulder, it will target where it needs to go. So, so generally we let them tell us where to put it and, and then we kind of go from there. That's excellent and it, it's so true how the machine, the way the energy flows from the device uh, in it, to, do, to do a shoulder or do a back and then they're feeling it uh, in their knee or whatever. Uh, my son-in-law just had some teeth, uh, some wisdom teeth pulled and he has a, he has a back issue and he was telling me that that uh, just yesterday that he's using the MagnaWave on his face for to help the inflammation and the pain from the from the uh, wisdom tooth extraction and then he said to me all of a sudden my back started hurting me again last night well because his face the predominant pain or his his uh, jaw the area of predominant pain was all of a sudden feeling better so another pain that he's having can surface and so you'll get that type of situation yes. 
and, and so finding the thing, and with people that's a little bit more of a challenge because they know where they're hurting or they think that through, whereas on an animal you can kind of find those areas by moving the coil around. Yeah. Right, right. right. And, and also just having, having the background of the massage and understanding the anatomy and physiology, you know that there's going to be compensation. So to do the overall, you're going to address the compensation issues that have been going on that maybe nobody, you know, well, no, it's a stifle injury. Well, okay, but then your opposite shoulder is going to be bothering you. So we try to address the compensation issues and get ahead of that as well. Absolutely, and, and that always comes, people talk about, well, how do you know where to treat, for example, and I, I always compare it to the, the state fair shoes. You, you put on a pair of shoes, and you go to the state fair, and you realize that they're not the most comfortable shoes for that type of activity. By the end of the day, your back's killing you, your shoulders are killing you, you're walking crooked, mm -hmm. and it's all because of the left shoe right. didn't fit the way it was supposed to, but then when you treat them, you want to treat everything. Exactly to try to get everything healthy yeah. at, at the same time. Can you tell me as you, yeah. what is probably the most serious indication you've treated in a person? How about your broken wrist? Um, well, <laughs> serious indication. We had um, a gentleman with um, three herniated discs um, and he was he was doing everything. He was doing chiropractic and massage and everything he could think of. And he was a um, he was a trail rider. Uh, he rode horses for long periods of time. So he really wanted to get back on his horses. So we treated him, I think twice, with MagnaWave, and I, he was back riding. It was just. You know, just amazing. And how long was the how long would that effect hold for him, or did it did was that all he needed? Th that was pretty much all he needed. He yeah. was he was back and going. So um, uh, we treated him. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I think we treated him two twice um, a week apart, and then. Uh, that was it for about six or seven months. So certainly and he, he was just good to go. Yeah, so certainly in that type of situation he had the the disc indication but it was something that if you could get rid of the inflammation that what was causing it uh, to be so painful was really at bay or not something that was so anatomical that redu reducing the inflammation really took care of it for a long period of time. And that that's, people don't understand right. that sometimes, how well you can do that. My wife has herniated discs as a result of an injury, so the, the anatomy is involved, so we can get her three to four weeks of relief with one 20-minute treatment instead of treatments every day. But at the end of three to four weeks, or if she's had a busy week or a busy day with the grandkids, it'll start mm -hmm. to come back because the anatomical involvement. Yep is there. Uh, but if you get somebody that, that doesn't have that much anatomical involvement, you can get a quicker reward and, and a better, uh, better result. Mm -hmm. This is it, it. And oftentimes when we're treating people with back issues, um, they'll tell us about how they're feeling that follow the nerve pathways. Yes. So if they have a low back issue, um, they'll feel that sciatic nerve going all the way down to their foot. It will, it will tingle, they'll say. 
and then they get a lot of relief from that. How about sciatica? Have you, uh, can you give me some examples of what have you done with sciatica? We, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of sciatica actually. Um, and it, it really, were, we were treating a veterinarian actually with sciatica and it, she had been suffering for about six months. She couldn't drive for long periods of time or ride in a car for long periods of time. Um, I think we treated her four times, um, a month apart. A month apart, actually, and we haven't done any more treatments for her. And, and there again, so, yeah, sciatica. It, it's the same thing, and I'm sure you probably at the same time coached her a little bit on how to sit in the car, how to adjust her seat. Those types of things are all critical, and if you can get rid of that indication and then have them sit in their car properly, or what's proper for them perhaps, right. and then you can then you can address the whole thing and and get a longer result to the healing. I think that's a that it, it's exciting to hear the protocols that you use. And, and how you, you can coach somebody along. Can you tell us a little bit, tell us about your, uh, your uh, modality, uh, your, your facilitated movement. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I guess I, I didn't mention that while I was at Bancroft, I also went through the um, human massage program. So I'm also a licensed human massage therapist. And during the four years that I worked there, I got a discount on taking continuing education courses. <laughs> so I took um, all, all kinds of continuing education courses. And, you know, everybody thinks that um, they're reinventing the wheel with massage. So they come up with these things and they call it, you know, XYZ massage. And that they're... Um, their strokes or their their treatment is the, the cure-all for everything and I started looking at things and said well well Jack Mars stuff worked for this but it didn't last very long and you know this person's stuff worked really well for 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 these kinds of sports injuries or this kind of condition so I took all of these things and and I didn't invent any of this what I did was take everybody else's stuff and bundle it together in a way that really seemed to work for people and animals. So in order for the body to heal, you have to, or, or for a muscle to release, you have to reset the proprioceptors in the muscle. And the proprioceptors are um, what tell us where we are in, in space. And they tell muscles how much they can contract and how much they can relax. So adding movement into your modality and stretching is what's going to reset those proprioceptors. So I combine um, craniosacral therapy, myofascial release, and add in movement with this modality and um, repetitive use injury stuff. So and and that that seems to reset everything and get the body back to work much faster. Can you give us an example of how you would do that with a with a horse or a uh, do you are you doing it with people as well? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Out here, um, we met a young woman 
who was uh, 20 years old. When she was six, she was kicked in the head by a horse. She lost part of her left frontal lobe. Whoa. So she had uh, you know, a plate in her head. Um, she had some right-sided um, deficits um, with her arm and leg. So she, would, um, she couldn't really use her right arm very well. She'd fall and down. She, would, she couldn't wear heels. She had to wear flat shoes because she would fall down. Migraines. Right off and migraines. Um, I treated her with facilitated movement, and we also used MagnaWave on her. Um, three treatments, each lasting maybe half an hour, and she no longer has migraines. Um, we walked in. <laughs> she works at a, a store here locally, and we walked in, and she came running out in her heels one day to tell uh -huh. us, um, how excited she was, you know, for a 20-year-old because she could wear heels and not fall down. Um, and, you know, it got her back into the gym and started, you know, getting her to work out and use her hands and use her fingers and just sit there at the counter while you're waiting and pick up M&Ms with your, with your fingers and get your, your mobility back. Um, so, that, you know, that was just Unbelievably exciting for us. So, so how did you? What did you? What did she do specifically, movement-wise, when you were before or after the MagnaWave treatment? A lot of times, what happens with with an injury like this is that the people will actually go back into the um, position that they were in when they got injured, because the body holds. Trauma. We we had a little breakdown there. Can you come back and start again, please? I'm sorry. Oh sure. Um, a, a lot of times, what happens is that the body holds trauma in the fascia and the muscles. So when you start treating these people that have had some sort of traumatic injury, they will actually go. Their body will go back into the position that they were in when they got injured. Oh. So, so, how do you then, maybe that's the part we missed when you were saying, how do you do the movement, and then what, do you, what movements did you have this young lady do? What did you incorporate? Um, I follow their body, actually. Um, the body knows what it needs to do. That's kind of the part of facilitated movement. The body knows what it needs to do in order to release. And sometimes it just needs a facilitator to get it there. So I don't necessarily move the body. I follow the feel of where the body needs to go. So I will help that body get back into that position it needs to be in to release itself. Because it sometimes... And that sounds like... It, it, well, I, it, no, it, I think I'm understanding it. The body wants to regress to the point that it was in at the time of injury, and you help take it back to its normal state, and then you would use the MagnaWave to maybe uh, move everything and facilitate comfort in that state so it's more remembered and more easily attained. Does that uh, probably bring... Exactly. It? Exactly. Yes. That, yeah. 
that's incredible. I mean, I know a lot of people use they'll use various methods of stretching, but to to think that through when you talk about a human injury or a, a small animal or a horse to be able to incorporate something, I think that's something that I would most certainly like to uh, talk about in maybe a future episode of MagnaWave Wellness to uh, get deeper into how you would employ that that type of uh, movement into your uh, MagnaWave treatments or other modalities certainly at the same time as far as complementary to assist in the healing process. I would love to do that uh, at a later time if that would work with you guys. Awesome. That would be great. I think, Pat, you need to come out here and we'll treat you. I, I think I'm going to do that. I, <laughs> I have my issues, <laughs> as we all do. <laughs> I, I want to. Don't we all? Yeah. Exactly. I I want to I want to thank uh, Teresa and Jody for being with us today. I think they they have really given us a, a background on how they've developed their practice and how they implement and and integrate different modalities into the process, which is certainly a good thing uh, to do. So, ladies, I, again, I thank you so much for for being with us, and uh, I look forward to uh, having this conversation again. Thank you. Thank you for having us and, and letting us be part of your program. Thank you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for being with us. Again, uh, Bending Fences Animal Wellness, uh, uh, Teresa Gagnon and uh, Jody Clark, thank you so much for being with us. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next Tuesday with another MagnaWave Wellness TV uh, broadcast. If you have a topic that you'd like for us to cover, please uh, send us an email at patzemer at magnawavepemf.com and we will certainly uh, try to approach the programs or the questions that you would like to have answered uh, on this program. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Catch us on the MagnaWave Wellness podcast where these programs are all rebroadcast uh, for 20 24-hour viewing and listening. So thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.